eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're at Lamb Lion Ministry, and we thank you for being part of today's program. We have an exciting program prepared for you today that we have titled Judgment of the Nations, as we look at Ezekiel chapter 25. So I want to encourage you to get your Bibles ready so that you can follow along with us in today's study. Also, I want to encourage those of you that are following us on social media or listening to us live. We'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family so they can also follow along with us. Yeah, but before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, Lord, as we go through Ezekiel, may you reveal your plans, your prophecies, and your person to us, Lord. We want to know you better. We love you, and we thank you for all who are tuned in. In your precious and wonderful name, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Vic Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic for today is Judgment of the Nation, so stay tuned for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nate, good afternoon. Good afternoon to you, sir. How are things there in Florida? Sunny Florida, I hope. Yes, it is sunny and it's getting warmer, Nathan, so we are really enjoying the weather for now. It's just been a little bit bouncy. One week is cold, one week is warm, but hey, we're not complaining. We'll take whatever we can get. Yes, yes. You got the, the garden paradise down there in Florida, uh, but likewise here in Dallas, things are, are coming nice too, and I hope you all who are tuned in are starting to feel spring. Uh, maybe not the northern states and countries, but... Uh, Praise the Lord, spring's here. It's a, It always, to me, Vic, feels like a new lease on life when spring comes. And that gets me encouraged about the eternal life that we'll be getting, and the, especially the, the millennial kingdom, brother. I am so looking forward to the millennial kingdom. There's this one particular passage that said, every man will sit under his vine and nothing will make them afraid. Uh, you know, spring is just kind of a little taste of what the millennial kingdom will be like. woo Nathan, I love that. What a great reminder. This is not our home. And we see things wrapping up very quickly around the world. Yes, there are tragedies and challenges all around the world, but you and I see those as signs of the times and the soon approaching of the Lord. So in some ways, Nathan, we look forward to what awaits us, the kingdom of God and the millennium. And you're absolutely right, Nathan, that could be right around the corner uh, if the rapture takes place, we know that a lot of things will then begin to fall into place. But again, great news for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ. And Nathan, speaking of great news, there's also a lot of wonderful news shared uh, throughout our ministry, resources that people can get a hold of to get encouraged and learn about those things. Would you be able to share a little bit, Nathan, regarding those resources and how individuals can get a hold of them? Well, I'm not sure how you came across our podcast, The Truth Will Set You Free. It's a, a podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries, but we're so glad you did. Uh, folks are connecting through our website at ChristinProphecy.org, maybe Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and also on Pray.com. And if you're just into RSS feeds, we have that as well. And uh, just so you know, on our website at ChristinProphecy.org, if you go under podcasts, we have podcasts from The Truth Will Set You Free, our TV program, Christ and Prophecy. We have uh, Reagan Classic Radio, uh, sermons by our founder, Dr. David Reagan, which are really cool to hear because, you know, they're 30 or so years old. So that's really neat. And we also have radio interviews that we do with other ministries that we also post there. So uh, if you want to hear what Vic and I sounded like 13 years ago when we started this podcast, 
then go to our website at christinprophecy.org. It's a wealth of information <laughs> to teach you the Bible there. I love that, Nathan. And people can hear how we had hair. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, I still have it. It's just turned white. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Nathan. But yes, for those of you that are tuned in, a lot of wonderful resources so that you can grow in your relationship with the Lord and just uh, amazing ways for you to grow uh, in the Word of God. And Nathan, speaking of growing in the Word of God, that's what you and I have been doing as we have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel is to help individuals grow in the knowledge of the Lord, but also their understanding of God's plan for Israel as is illustrated here in the book of Ezekiel. And you and I completed chapter 24. We were talking about some of the uh, uh, disciplinary actions that God was taking uh, amongst his people using oftentimes uh, the enemy, if you will, the, the people of Babylon to discipline them according to chapter 24. But then we also notice as we get into chapter 25, that God will oftentimes would use that. He will use nations uh, to discipline his people, but then he would in return discipline those nations if they mock the people of God. And, and we sort of see this uh, twofold thing going on here in the book of Ezekiel. But that's nothing new, right, Nathan? As we read the Old Testament, we've seen this cycle before. Yes, uh, at this stage, just to give you a little background here, uh, Israel is uh, gone in 722 BC. The Assyrians had taken the 10 tribes up north and carried them off. And uh, the nation of Judah, which is the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, remained with their capital in Jerusalem. But the Lord gave them you know, prophet after prophet after prophet to warn them to come back to him. Sometimes you get good kings like Josiah and Hezekiah who would turn to the Lord, but for the most part not. And so after hundreds of years of God calling the Jewish people back to him, uh, they refused to do so. He said, the only way I'm going to purge you of idolatry is to exile you. And he's going to exile them for 70 years to match every uh, jubilation, 50th year of rest that they didn't take. And so it added up to 70. And so they would be in Babylon and the nation would be a desolation and only the poorest of the poor would be left behind until he refined a remnant that would return with uh, Zerubbabel and Zechariah and Haggai later around 520, uh, 530 to 520 BC to rebuild and restore Israel again. Now, they wouldn't have the scepter. In other words, they, they wouldn't be under self-rule anymore. They would be under foreign rule up until, get this, May of 1948. You know, we're just at the 75th birthday of Israel this year and this year, 2023. So that's really exciting. So that's where we're at. This is the end of self-rule for Israel. Uh, the Babylonians are surrounding Jerusalem, and Ezekiel and Jeremiah are doing their best to share the gospel with the Jewish people, letting them know about their sins, calling them repentance. Obviously, they're refusing to repent. And so now in chapter 25, God's not just judging uh, the evil of Israel and Judah. He's also going to judge the evil of the surrounding nations around Israel. So we're going to get in prophecies against Ammon, Moab, Edom, and Philistia. And uh, this is an exciting chapter, so I'm glad we're jumping into it. Yeah, Nathan, that's why we, we, we titled our message, Judgment of the Nations, for those of you that maybe just tuned in as we look at this chapter. So I want to encourage you to get your Bibles and follow along with us as we dive right into Ezekiel chapter 25, beginning there looking at verses 1 through 7. Nathan, would you be able to open us up reading verses 1 through 4, and I'll read uh, verses 5 through 7, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Sure. And if you folks are curious, uh, Vic and I will both be reading out of the New King James. So it says, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against the Ammonites and 
prophesy against them. Say to the Ammonites, hear the word of the Lord of God. Thus says the Lord God, because you said, aha, against my sanctuary when it was profaned and against the land of Israel when it was desolate and against the house of Judah when they went into captivity. Indeed, therefore I will deliver you as a possession to the men of the east and they shall set their encampment among you and make their dwellings among you. They shall eat your fruit and they shall drink your milk. Verse 5, and I will make rapture a stable for camels and ammon, a resting place for flocks. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. For thus is the Lord God, because you clapped your hands and stomped your feet and rejoiced in heart with all your, your disdain for the land of Israel. Indeed, therefore, I will stretch out my hand against you and give you as plunder to the nations. I will cut you off from the people and I will cause you to perish from the countries. I will destroy you and you shall know that I am the Lord. And Nathan, you know, God doesn't take lightly when people, uh, in a sense, uh, uh, you know, mock the people of God or are happy when others fall. And we need to recognize God is not through with Israel, even though uh, God puts them through certain testing and trials, as some would like to think today, to say that God is through with Israel. Not so. God still loves them. He's still protecting them. And he's still going to protect them against the nations that come against them. Excellent point, Vic. Uh, when we're talking about Ammon here, we're talking about if you look at the map and you see Israel and then you see the, the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River and the Dead Sea. And then on the other side is the nation what today would be called Jordan. Well, Ammon would have been northern Jordan. Then when we get to Moab, that'd be central Jordan. And then southern Jordan is Edom, uh, the descendants of Esau, with Ammon and Moab being the descendants of Lot. So these cousins of the Jewish people had settled into that land. And, of course, the Jewish people, when, when the Lord brought them out of the wilderness to settle, they had control of this land. Uh, Manasseh, the, well, the half-tribe of Manasseh and two of the other tribes had that control, but not for very long. They lost it, and then Ammon, Moab, and Edom continued to hold that land. But... When the Jewish people were being persecuted by the, both the Assyrians and then the Babylonians, what do we have here? Ammon, Moab, and Edom rejoicing over the fact that Israel was being destroyed. Matter of fact, when we get to Edom and you read the prophet Obadiah, Edom jumped into it and was helped the Babylonians. So there was a great hatred between these cousins, this, this family feud, so to speak. And you're right, it's we can go today, not saying that there's a nation of Ammon, Moab, and Edom, but their descendants of descendants of descendants are in these lands today. And it's almost like, well, I wouldn't say almost, it is like we're living in Bible times. Because what do we see in the news every day? These same people groups, these same nations, their descendants continuing to wish Israel to be destroyed when a terrorist or uh, blows themselves up or kills a Jew. These same people groups, which we call Palestinians today, celebrate and have parties and, and they even pay the families of the dead person so that the, they'll get more martyrs. I mean, so exactly what we're seeing today in the news every day was happening for hundreds of years back in this time period that we're reading. You know, Nathan, and, and also another thing that I noticed here is when you read the word, how they were almost mocking uh, God's people. They were saying, aha, against my sanctuary. And, and, and you know, the Bible speaks about mocking, uh, uh, you know, and it, it talks about humility and the importance of it. And, and that's what God looks. He looks at the heart. It reminds me of what the Bible says in James chapter four, verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord 
and I will lift you up. And here they were not uh, humbling themselves. They were mocking the people of God because they were into captivity. And God says, hey, that's not always a good attitude to have. You need to be careful for yourself or judgment is going to come upon you as well. Yeah, yeah, and it did. <laughs> I mean, it's not like these conquering nations were like, oh, we only want to destroy Israel. They were gobbling up the entire Middle East. The Babylonian Empire at the time, if you, when we read in Daniel, as da uh, God through Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar that he was the greatest king of their time period. And his empire, the Babylonian Empire, was the greatest empire of their time period. Later, when uh, after the fall of the Medo-Persians, who had set up satrapsies all over throughout the Middle East, then you had uh, Alexander the Great. And he didn't care. He just wanted to conquer everything. So when these nations laughed and mocked the Jewish people for their destruction, they weren't realizing that they, too, would end up being destroyed. You know, Nathan, and that's why I, I love this passage, because it reminds us of the importance, again, how we're we're not to rejoice when others fall. We're not to rejoice when others are going through a difficult time. Uh, there's a wonderful law, and, and it's, it's a law of love. I love 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Nathan, verse 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. It does not envy, does not parade itself and it's not puffed up and we're not to do any of those things at the expense of others and here they were mocking uh again uh like it says uh the jewish people they were saying aha against my sanctuary when it was profaning against the land of israel when it was desolate against the house of judah when they went into captivity and it was almost like uh they were glad for the the, the stumbling of others and you know what we should do is we should feel pity when we see nations of people falling into the traps of the enemy, because it's really a, a form of blindness that we're seeing here. Yeah, it's a spiritual, it's a hatred. And I would even go so far because we know anti-Semitism is satanic hatred. It's a hatred of the Jewish people because God has used them uh, to show his will, his purpose. He's also used them to provide us the Bible. He's given us the Messiah through the Jewish people. And he's promised a believing remnant will be a priestly people to the whole world during his coming kingdom. So the Lord has great purposes for the Jewish people. He's not done with them. And as we see throughout, the, as the Old Testament goes on, we get past, uh, as we go further along in Ezekiel, that the Lord will restore them. And we've been alive today to see that. But what they lacking still is a soul and a heart for uh, God and his son, Christ. And so we're waiting for that. That's, that's what's supposed to be coming ahead. And we'll get to that when we get to Ezekiel chapters 36 and 37. But uh, for now, you know, if these mocking nations, they're, they're so happy that, they're, that, you know, this pagan hatred of the Jewish people uh, in itself, God won't let that stand and he'll destroy it as well. And today, if you want to make a modern connection, I would say that uh, obviously, of course, the Arab and the Palestinians, that their hatred for the, for the Jews continues after these thousands of years. But you see this among the liberal Christians, the liberal denominations, a, a hatred for Israel, uh, uh, what's that Christ at the checkpoint where they meet every year to talk about Israel being an accident in history and God has washed his hands of the Jewish people and there should be no Israel. What? You know, that's a satanic hatred of the Jewish people as well. And so Christians, if you call yourself a Christian, should be very, very concerned when they stand up against God's promises to the Jewish people.
Nathan, and that's a great, uh, you know, great reminder. Remember in Genesis, uh, the Bible, God promised, I will bless those who bless you. And it, that's true today, right, Nathan? As we uh, pray for Israel, the people of God, uh, there's also a, a blessing uh, for those of us that are, that are on their side and supporting them. And it is sad today how, uh, you know, people uh, treat uh, Israel. We know Satan is behind a lot of this. But yet we as Christians we choose to be on the side of God and we will continue to pray for Israel and we'll continue to pray that God will bless his people, that their eyes will be open and that they would uh, uh, return to him. But also, Nathan, I know this. I noticed another big mistake that people are making today as we consider looking back at chapter 25 uh, when it's when it talks about the land of Israel and, and who it belongs to. Uh, we see here the example of, of uh, the judgment of Moab and why is this judgment coming upon Moab? What we notice is Ezekiel chapter 25 verses 8 through 12 revealed to us something very important. It says, thus says the Lord God, because Moab and Seir said, look, the house of Judah is like all nations. Therefore, behold, I will clear the territory of Moab of cities of the cities of its frontier from the glory of the country. Beth, Jesimth, Baal, Meon, those are hard to pronounce names, Kurjathan. <laughs> to them, the men of the East, I will give it as a possession together with the Ammonites, that the Ammonites may not be remembered among the nations. And I will execute judgment upon Moab, and they shall know that I am the Lord. And Nathan, uh, the territory, uh, you know, we always hear the land for peace treaty kind of deals, right? Where people are trying to sort of divide up Israel. And we see here also that God has something to say about this type of things. He does, yeah. And it, you know, the nations that mocked the Jewish people, even though the Jewish people were evil and had gotten terribly evil. I mean, the list of sins of, of Israel were staggering. The God still, they were still his people and he would still defend them. I love uh, what Hebrews 10.30 says, for we know him who said, vengeance is mine, I will repay says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. So see, it's the Lord will judge his people. It's not up to the other Gentile nations to judge the Jewish people. And when they did, God punished them. Like take, for instance, the God used the Assyrians to take the northern 10 tribes and disperse them out of the land because they were just had gotten horrifically evil. And yet, who's ever heard today of the Assyrian Empire? It doesn't exist. Or later, the Babylonians, God used the, the Babylonians were ruthless, ruthless people. And yet God destroyed them with the Medo-Persian Empire. Who's heard that there's no nation of Moab today? There's no nation of Edom. And when we get to Philistia and, and Ammon, you know, there's no nations of those. But today there's still the nation of Israel. So it shows, I mean, beyond a shadow of a doubt that there is a God and he still defends his people whether they follow him or not, he will defend them. Mm. Nathan, what a wonderful reminder that is. And again, for those of you that maybe just tuned into our program, you tuned into our Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition, Big Batista, Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. You tuned into our program, The Truth Will Set You Free. And our topic is that of judgment of the nations. Uh, so we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 25. Nathan, you, you quoted a wonderful verse there in Hebrews, and it ties in well to the following verses there in verses 12 uh, through 14 as we talk about the judgment of Edom. Would you be able to read those four verses for us in case someone doesn't have a Bible? Yeah, pick it up with verse 12. It says, thus says the Lord God, 
because of what Edom did against the house of Judah by taking vengeance and has greatly offended by avenging itself on them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will also stretch out my hand against Edom, cut off man and beast from it, make it desolate from Teman. Dedan shall fall by the sword. I will lay my vengeance on Edom by the hand of my people Israel, that they may do to Edom according to my anger and according to my fury, and they shall know my vengeance, says the Lord God. Mm. Nathan, again, you know, we use the, we, we see the word vengeance. A lot of times when someone does us wrong, we immediately want to take vengeance, right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll take, and, and that seems to be like our attitude. But I, I always think, you know, let the Lord, uh, he, he says uh, that he's going to uh, take vengeance. When someone does us wrong, we should turn to the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, I pray that you will make this situation right. Even even someone right now, Nathan, maybe it's part of our program and they've been wronged somehow. And at this point, they're wanting to take vengeance against someone. I say, hey, pray about it. Uh, uh, you know, ask the Lord to uh, inter intervene for you, because it might just be a situation where the Lord might just want to be able to take care of it. And he wants us to trust in him. Right, Nathan? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, because when we take vengeance into our own hands, it usually ends up causing us to sin. But God in mm. his right, just he's the judge. He has the authority to take vengeance into his hands and he chooses who he will punish. And again, always the purpose of punishment isn't just to punish sin, but to bring it to restoration, to get people on their knees to repent and return to him. And so this judgment that he's bringing to Judah is meant to refine a remnant that who still trust and believe in him and restore them back into the land of Israel. And he does so by pretty much destroying uh, two, some of the nations around, or I should say all of the nations that surround Israel at this time. And that's what these nations are. Right? Like when we get to Philistia, for instance. So we're doing the nations, uh, Ammon and Edom and Moab are the nations to the east of Israel. Well, now we're going to go to the west. And so we're here to the Philistines. And I guess Goliath probably being the most famous of the Philistines. These are the nations in the uh, the, the southern area. Today, uh, they're the, the Gaza. If you hear the land of Gaza, which is interesting prophetically, because Ezekiel will later prophesy that the nations surround, or excuse me, uh, Psalm Asaph, excuse me, Asaph had earlier prophesied in Psalm 83 that certain nations will come against Israel in the end times, and one of them would be Gaza. Well, Gaza didn't even exist as a nation until 2005 when George W. Bush again made a land for peace deal that ended up giving the land to the Palestinian people down there. Well, they're in the end time lineup, but now they're back. So isn't that wild? So in verse 15, if I go ahead and read that, Vic, it says, Thus says the Lord God, because the Philistines dealt vengefully and took vengeance with a spiteful heart to destroy because of the old hatred. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, I will stretch out my hand against the Philistines. I will cut off the Cherethites and destroy the remnant of the seacoast. I will execute great vengeance on them with furious rebukes that they shall know that I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon them. You know, you mentioned something there that, that people need to take uh, uh, pay close attention to what, what was stirring behind there. And it says the word because of the old hatred, there was bad blood still lingering <laughs> um, in, in this situation. And that was going back thousands of years. And we need to be careful likewise, right, Nathan, that we guard our hearts against uh, old hatred, things that maybe uh, happened in the past out of our control, and we just can't seem to let go. 
Yes. Yeah. You know, the, it's interesting if you go back to Israel's ancient history, you know, around King David's time, obviously there was a lot of battles between the Israelites and the Philistines. But the Philistines were the Phoenicians who were great sea travelers around the Mediterranean. And they settled. There was a colony which they settled in the coastal area and what is now known as Israel, but then was Gaza. And uh, it's fascinating that they were much more technologically advanced. They had actual they had uh, iron weapons when Israel barely had a sword among them. I mean, every time you heard about the, the Philistines fighting the Israelites, the Philistines were far more technologically superior. But God had it that way so that when the Israelites would have a victory against the Philistines, they knew that God was was on their side because that was the only way the Israelites could win. But there was a great animosity between the Philistines and the Israelites. And uh, so here, the remnants of the people living in those areas, like Gath, for instance, continued to hate the Jewish people. And they celebrated when the Babylonians came down. And the Lord says, nope, you're going to be destroyed as well, because your hatred for Israel, I cannot stand. Mm. Nathan, I'm always re I'm always reminded of the Lord's prayer about forgiveness. You know, when we pray that uh, forgive others as we would like to be forgiven. Right. And hatred has a way of binding our hearts and putting us in a in a jail of bitterness. And oftentimes I tell people, you know, if you have hatred in your heart towards anybody or anything, man, get rid of it, because the one who's really suffering the most is you. Forgiveness is the key to unlock the prison of hatred. And sad to say, Nathan, these nations were trapped behind those prisons of hatred. And God said, you know what? I have a different plan that I'm going to work out here. That was beautifully said, Vic. Yeah, it, it's a prison of hatred. And that's why the Lord has his and his the Lord's prayer in Matthew 6, 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, we look at the Middle East today, and that ancient hatred is back. It's there. So yes. it's interesting. As we read these prophecies in, in, in uh, Ezekiel 25, well, the Lord judged the ancient nations at the time. Historically, Babylonians and others, the, the Greeks, destroyed them. So, I mean, their people lingered, of course, but as national entities, they no longer existed. Uh, yet that satanic hatred by this people who dwell in those lands still exists today. So prophetically, and I'm not saying that the Lord is making a prophecy that applies to these nations today, but since these, these nations exist in new forms, as in Gaza and Jordan, then this point to the fact that they still hate the Jewish people. And we know that God hates those who hate the Jewish people. So those nations will find themselves under attack at some point, too. Could be the Psalm 83 war will happen and Israel will subdue those nations, or there's a result of the Gog and Magog war. Those surrounding nations around Israel will be subjugated and destroyed. But nevertheless, this prophecy, which had a near fulfillment, in the time of Ezekiel, we'll see a far fulfillment during the tribulation time period. Interesting, huh? Very interesting. And Nathan, not only that, but also as we get into chapter 26, which we won't today because of the sake of time, even chapter 26 gets even more interesting when, it, when we read the history of how these nations were judged or how they collapsed or how they fell. It, it, it's really amazing. So you and I, we normally don't give people homework, Nathan, but I think we should give people a little bit of homework right now so they can go ahead and read in chapter 26 because these are exciting passages. Yeah, because that's a proclamation against Tyre, and Tyre was the, the main city next to Sidon of Lebanon. So we get a prophecy against Jordan, we get a prophecy against Gaza, and the next episode we'll talk about the prophecy against Lebanon. 
Again, these are all the nations that surrounded Israel, hostile nations, hate Israel. What do we have today? All those nations hostile against Israel. It's like history is repeating itself. Yes, Nathan. And when we see the details of prophecy and history, how these things came about and the word of God predicting this before it happened, it's just phenomenal. So I want to encourage those of you that are part of today's program. Hey, we see here God's word coming true. Everything else that the Bible says will happen is going to take place. The Bible speaks about the that before the Lord returns that we will be seeing certain signs, certain things happening. We also see that happening right before our eyes including the super sign of Israel becoming a nation. That should alert you to consider your relationship with the Lord. How are you doing with God? If the Lord were to return today, where would you be? Would you find yourself in the hands of Jesus or would you find yourself uh, being judged with the other nations? Our prayer is that you will open up your heart and turn to the Lord while there is still time. Nathan, would you mind if I went ahead and share with people how they came to know the Lord? Because I believe time is short. Please, please do. Yeah, for those of you that have not trusted in Christ, as we do every week before we close our programs, we invite you to come to the Lord. God loves you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And it begins with a relationship with Jesus. The Bible says in John 3, 16, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life, which means that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. And if you want to consider a relationship with the Lord, we want to invite you into a very simple prayer. And if you pray this prayer and you mean it from your heart, listen, God will touch you and transform your life right where you are. Wherever you are, you can call on the name of the Lord with this simple prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. But God, right now, I ask you to forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior, and to be my friend. 